Welcome to Navigating Your Child's Education, a podcast for parents, grandparents, and anyone raising or influencing young people. I'm your host, Laura. On today's episode, we have distinguished guest, Dr. Larry Taylor. He currently serves as the president of the Association of Christian Schools International, also known as ACSI, which serves over 25,000 schools in over 100 countries that connects more than 5.5 million students to Christian education. Dr. Taylor, thank you so much for being with us today. Laura, it's great to be with you. I'm honored to be with you. I know ACSI as an accrediting body for Christian schools, but how would you describe to an everyday person that's not in education what ACI does? Yeah, that, well, you know, I think one of the most important things we do is the, the credential of, of accreditation, and uh, that, that's that's a that's an important uh, part of what we do. Um, I would say uh, the uh, the uh, helping schools flourish uh, through services, uh, for example. Um, uh, doing a, uh, we, we just concluded uh, about three years ago, concluded uh, a massive research project on what what uh, what helps, what 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 is a catalyst for flourishing. Well, and I won't go into all the details, but what we do is we've taken that and, and we're we're providing training for heads of school, uh, for senior level leaders, for faculty. So our professional development is probably one of the most significant things we do that helps individuals uh, grow, as well as uh, the organizational culture. Um, we have an instrument that assesses uh, that you know a school takes. It's a three hundred sixty degree uh, 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 instrument. It, ask questions to the alumni, to the board, to students, to parents, to administrators. And it basically provides a report uh, based on the five domains of flourishing and the 35 constructs. And I, I won't get into all those details, but the bottom line is it says, okay, school leader, board, uh, you're doing well in these areas here's some areas you might want to focus on. And so that's where ACSI comes in and does a lot of uh, training uh, that is not even you know, really a part of accreditation, but it's, it's the, you know, it's the lifeblood. We have, uh, we help place teachers, you know, there's a massive uh, teacher shortage um, uh, and it's hitting Christian schools. And so we have a career placement. Uh, you know, we have, again, we have teachers all over, all over the globe. And so, uh, Predominantly in the uh, in the United States, we help place teachers at different schools as well as our international uh, global schools. Um, so we do we do a lot. We have student activities. We're real excited. Again, there was some silver lining through COVID, where we uh, we experimented uh, for the first time ever international uh, uh, through our IT infrastructure and platform. Uh, we have we expanded our student activities competitions uh, to include our global, and we, we I don't think we would have done that had not uh, COVID um, kind of forced us to do that. So we do a lot of student activities. Um, one of the things that really excites me right now is um, we have a task force together to focus on uh, parents. 
to focus on family. And uh, that's always been on my heart. It was a little bit easier uh, to do that at a school because our parents were accessible. As ACSI president, you know, we don't have parents. We have to go through our schools. But through through that, I would say in the next uh, 6 to 12 months, we are going to begin, uh, you know, rolling out uh, uh, ideas uh, of parent uh, training. And um, that excites me. So that's a, that, that, that was a long answer to uh, – that, that wasn't a very good elevator speech. What I would tell that parent that doesn't know a whole lot about ACSI. Well, you mentioned, you know, parenting and involving parents, but in the midst of your extensive education career, you somehow found time to author a book on parenting. It's uh, entitled Running with the Horses. Hmm. That was published in 2013. Yes. And uh, at what point were you in your parenting career? You mentioned your five sons with your, your wife, Delinda. But, uh, in 2013, where were you in your parenting journey? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And I, I would say at the foundational level, uh, at some point after um, uh, the Lord calling me into Christian education, I think one of the things the Lord whispered into my heart was, yeah, you're you're a school guy, but you know, I'm giving you uh, a platform to reach parents. Um, and, and so uh, in, in our journey of parenting, uh, we actually, my, my wife, when we were in Orlando before going to Dallas, we were teaching a young uh, married, uh, you know, young children kind of Bible fellowship uh, class. And we were having our own babies at the time. And um, and I realized, uh, I mean, this might sound a little crazy, but um, it was early on a Monday morning. Uh, every Monday I would go into the staff lounge, the teacher mailboxes, and I would put a yellow slip in their uh, box if they had not turned in their lesson plans. Or, you know, the lesson plans were due the Friday before, and I'll never forget um, I call it a Holy Spirit spanking. As I was, as I was putting in the the yellow ticket into a math teacher's box, it was as if the Lord stopped me and said, "Larry, where's your plan? Where is you 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 want your teachers to have lesson plans, but where's your plan for your own life, spiritual development? Where's your plan for your marriage?" And where is your plan for uh, your your parenting, your your discipleship of your own children? And I, you know, I, the Lord didn't speak to me audibly, and 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 uh, you know, like how I rolled it out. But that that was the point that parenting became uh, important for me as a dad, but also as a. Uh, uh, a leader in a school to focus on. And, and I tell you, I really fought it because not as a dad, but, um, you know, it, being an educator, and this is kind of what I told the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm having a difficult time as a principal in just managing students and faculty. 
And now you want me to start something with parents? But I got to tell you, Laura, it was, it was, that was the start of the journey of developing a, um, a class and curriculum uh, called Becoming a Kingdom Family. And, uh, and so we started in Orlando. I kept doing it in Dallas. And it, uh, it, it, it changed, not, not the curriculum part, but how it was delivered, changed over the years. But I, I just can't tell you how, um, how, what an impact our parenting course had on the culture of our, our home, uh, our homes and, and our, and our school. And, uh, just, uh, um, I think every Christian school should have a focus on parents and that's, that's our dream and vision right now at ACSI. Maybe this is related to what you're saying, but one of the themes that I saw throughout the book is this notion of synergy. Yeah. And I'd love to hear a little bit of your thoughts on that. What is it? Why does it matter? What does it look like? Yeah, that, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, you know, when I talk about synergy, um, I guess foundationally, it's synergy between three the three major uh, entities that form and mold the heart of a child, and that is uh, a parents, uh, the church, and uh, educators. You know those three. And the when those three are rowing in the same direction, and they are not you know necessarily a hundred percent on the same page, but the end goal is the same. The end goal is to produce obedient followers of Jesus Christ. When those three are on the same page, then uh, you know I use a word congruence. You know, there's a congruency of of um, of training that that develops that synergy, um, and so that that really is the foundational part of of kingdom education. And I and I really you're right. That's the thread throughout the whole book. It's not a it's not a book as you you can tell as you read it. I'm not saying that Christian schools are the savior of the world. <laughs> uh, you know. But, but that congruency, so I, even in the book, I said, you know, if, even, even if you send your kids to a non-Christian school, um, you can still develop congruency. It's just a lot more difficult. Uh, so that, that, that's where the synergy comes, I think. I think when that child, uh, every time that child turns around, whether they're at home, at church, or at school, they are hearing uh, and, and it's being reinforced about that same end goal. And I would venture to guess that the that the opposite could also be true. A child could attend a Christian school, but there could be this lack of continuity if what they're seeing at home doesn't match or if what they're hearing in church doesn't match, right? Yeah, that, I think you, you, you're right on. In fact, I just uh, left uh, a conference uh, with uh, Dave Kinneman uh, with Barna, uh, and the research that, uh, of course, they they've really been on. Not just not just Barn, not so many other research centers, but the uh, research that Dave Kinneman's coming out with right now really accentuates what you just said. And you know those that three legged stool that I just talked about. 
uh, the research would say that it's turning into maybe a two-legged stool. Uh, and, and to your point, if one of those three or if two of those three are not strong, uh, if a child at home is is not experiencing intentional uh, uh, in, intentional you know discipleship or training, then then that incongruency uh, it, it's not impossible, but developing synergy with a major with one of those three major uh, heart formations. Uh, Value formations, biblical truth formations, it uh, it messes up the whole end goal. Um, and the same thing could be uh, true with a Christian school. You know, the, the parents could be doing you know everything. The church is on fire, but you know there are there are Christian schools. Um, unfortunately, some Christian schools have a tendency to drift and. Uh, so, you know, the schools could be part of that, mm-hmm. one of those three uh, that are uh, lacking in developing, you know, that, that synergy. Uh, you're exactly right. Hi, parents. I just want to take a minute and let you know about a free guide to paying for a private Christian education. Perhaps you're curious about sending your children to Worthington Christian School, but assume the cost is prohibitive. Before you rule it out, I encourage you to check out worthingtonchristian.com forward slash afford WC to download a free guide to our financial aid program, 529 accounts, Ohio's Ed Choice Scholarship Program, and more. That's worthingtonchristian.com forward slash afford WC. Now back to our show. Yeah, I think at one point in the book, you, you use the word fragmented. You know, if that three-legged stool, if there's a weak point or if there are mixed messages that the child is receiving in one way or another, it just kind of results in this fragmented view of the world. It seems like when they are all rowing in the same direction, there is this foundation of integration, right? The whole child is being ministered to and they're really developing an integrated worldview. Worldview is another one of those things that just crops up over and over again in this writing. And um, why is that? I love uh, the word you used. I mean, I don't love the the result of fragmentation, but the, um, you know, fragmentation can take place in any of the three uh, bodies, entities that I, that I mentioned. Fragmentation at home could be when I say this, I, I, I don't want to cast, I don't want to make people, any parent that's listening to this, I want them to feel guilty when I make some of the, the, some of these comments. But, you know, fragmentation at home could be maybe one of the parents, you know, is really living a life of obedience to the Lord and the other parent is not. Uh, or there's a divorce or um, so fragmentation can uh, take place at home. It can take place at a church. Uh, you know, a, a pastor, you know, could be teaching, training, but the small group uh, part of a church is is not, you know, it's it's weak. At a school, uh, which is is kind of my world, uh, fragmentation and 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 you brought up, I think, one of the most important things 
of the Great Commission, you brought up the integration, biblical, the development of a biblical worldview. And, you know, in my book and, and, and beyond my book and just the, the, the life that I'm leading right now as a school leader in ACSI, um, is the, the, the biblical worldview uh, has to be intentional. Um, it, it has to be intentional. And the second part of the Great Commission, there's really not a second part, but we have done a decent job of focusing on evangelism. And I don't think that should ever stop um, introducing people to the gospel, to, to the Lord Jesus, where the research overwhelmingly would support we haven't done a great job of the second part of the Great Commission, um, and that is the teaching and the training, uh, the discipleship. And so, um, you know, I, I say, and, and some people, I think, sometimes misunderstand this, salvation, obviously great, but we haven't finished with discipleship. And so if that fragments... If you have a Christian school, for example, where there are parts of a school that aren't focused on the, the common end goal, um, whether it could be your athletic department, it could be your science department, it could be whatever, you know, that child that's going through that, that, that year and multiple years, um, if the school is fragmented, if they're not all on the same page, all the different departments and uh, the administration and the co-curriculum uh, that can also be very confusing, and 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 because of the fragmentation of a school, uh, I think that has a direct impact, uh, big time, on uh, the the success. I would say of of truly training and discipling, uh, uh, and producing obedient followers of Jesus Christ. Although we refer to it as a three-legged stool when it comes to church and home and school, you know the parents play a distinct role in that. In that they are typically the ones that are making all the decisions for their children and right. and trying to create this environment and this family culture that is conducive to growth for their students. Right. So, uh, what wisdom and insight do you offer to parents as they are? in the throes of making these difficult decisions and trying to move towards integration and trying to move towards, you know, everyone uh, being on the same page and moving in the same direction. That's, that's a great question. I think, um, you know, just real quick uh, to go back to Barna, uh, there's a, a one part of the research that really stood out to me that really reinforced the importance of training parents to really own the discipleship of their children. Um, and and the, the research, and this is not too old, it's only a, a, a few years old, it's probably the same if we did the research today, that the good news is that 93% of, and this is in America, of, of Christian uh, in the evangelical Christian uh, realm, only 93% of, of those parents feel that it, it is their responsibility to uh, that they're the primary uh, leader and trainer uh, of their children. But the, the bad news of that same research is 
88%, nine out of 10 of those same parents do not feel confident. And so that to me, this is what an opportunity for schools. Uh, it's how I felt when I first became a parent. And in the, and, and that whole journey that I was uh, alluding to earlier is I didn't have a plan. Um, I mean, I, my kids were, we, you know, we were praying and we were going to church and they were at a Christian school, but I was not taking advantage of the, the time that I had uh, at home. And so I think uh, I clearly what I've observed uh, for over 30 years is that Barner research is valid. And, and, and when people aren't confident about something, um, they do one of two things. They either shut down uh, or they, or they jump in and they, they, you know, they, they go in 50 different directions. Uh, I think the uh, most of our parents do not feel qualified or, um, uh, you know, confident. And so, as I say in the book, and as we really put into practice um, at, at Prestwood Christian Academy, and now an emphasis at ACSI, is training parents. So, to give you an example, we had uh, during our my time at Prestwood, we had over three thousand parents go through a six week course uh, over about a you know ten to fifteen year period, and. The course, um, you know, on a scale, if a, if a, if a parent's, uh, let's say we were rating your, your spiritual depth, and let's say the scale goes from zero to 10, uh, 10 being you're, you're a mature follower of Christ and zero being you, you whatever, you know, you're, you're either not a Christian or you're a baby Christian. Um, my, my message to parents and, and, and a parent that's listening to this podcast is even if you're a two, you know, on that scale, maybe a one, you are still, according to the research, that's what I did. My PhD work uh, was in this very thing. The, uh, pa- uh, the, the faith formation of children Parents are the number one influencer. Uh, and I don't think God's word needs, you know, any secular research to support it. But, I but, but I'm glad it does. I mean, God's word says in Deuteronomy 6 and Psalm 78 uh, that the head coach of a child is mom and dad. It's not the church. It's not the Christian school. Uh, and, you know, one of the great moments of Psalm 78 was when God pulled Moses over and said, you know, I want you to train these, this generation of Israelites to, uh, to, to love me with all of their heart, soul, and mind. And then he said a second thing. He said, Moses, tell Larry and Delinda that they are, they are the primary uh, leaders of training the next generation. Um, Larry and Delon is not in the Bible, but I think you know what I mean. It's the the, the, the family, and so um, if I'm not, so what we tell parents is, if you're a two and you don't feel confident to maybe have a weekly Bible study as a family, or 
you don't feel comfortable leading a, a child in, in prayer, um, that's okay. I mean, it's okay. Uh, the Bible is so clear that on this spectrum of spiritual maturity that we don't have to wait until we're a seven, eight, or nine uh, to to be a little bit more intentional. What we try to do with um, you know, in, in the book and what we try to do with the training is is if you're a two, uh, then twelve months later at least be a two point five. You know, so <clears throat> part of the uh, part of the training of becoming a kingdom family is it's a three part uh, training. It's the first part is. Um, and this is under the umbrella of developing a family plan, an annual family plan. The first part is, um, Larry, in the next 12 months, what's your spiritual development plan? And what's your marriage plan or preparation for marriage if, for singles? Uh, and then what is your uh, child discipleship plan? <clears throat> and when we put those three together, we, we develop that family plan. Um, if you're a two, then that's okay. You know, you, you, you're still going to influence. You're still going to influence your babies. Those are your children. And uh, don't don't sit on the bench and don't let the enemy convince you that you're not worthy or that the youth pastor or the children's minister is, is so much more knowledgeable about the Bible or whatever. Start where you are and and um, uh, and be consistent and be and be genuine but don't sit on the bench jump in jump in thank you so much dr taylor for your time and for sharing uh, some of your expertise with us a new episode of the navigating your child's education podcast is published the first and third wednesday of each month make sure to subscribe to stay up to speed as each episode comes out and don't forget to leave us a rating and a comment on itunes